Well, good evening. I'm joined again by the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services, Mike Ellis, and joining us on the phone lines are Christy Tucker, the Information Unit Manager from Alberta Wildfire, and Stephen Lacroix, the Managing Director of the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, who will provide a technical update on the current status of the wildfires. Earlier today, we provided an update on the wildfire situation and the government's response to this ongoing emergency. I had asked officials to prepare all options and recommendations for the government's response. Since then, I met again with the Emergency Management Cabinet Committee, and after reviewing the province's current situation and our response options, we've declared a provincial state of emergency to protect the safety, health, and welfare of Albertans. Under the Emergency Management Act, the declaration gives the government greater powers to respond to extreme situations. For example, the province can access emergency funds, mobilize additional supports, and continue to work with municipalities, organizations, and businesses to support affected residents. This is not a step that we took lightly but it's one that will allow the quickest and most effective response. In addition, the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre, where Alberta's response is organized from, has moved up from level three to level four. This measure allows for a more comprehensive response to extraordinary events. It also ensures that the centre is fully staffed and our partners across borders are notified. The safety and well-being of those affected remains our top priority. We will keep Albertans informed as the situation changes through daily briefings from department officials, as well as a daily situation report issued through a news release. To continue to ensure that all those who are evacuated are safe and secure, we would ask evacuees to register at local reception centers. You can find these centers at alberta.ca slash emergency, or you can also sign up online at emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. I'll just mention that last one again, emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. Thank you, and I'll invite Minister Ellis to provide an update. Well, thank you very much, uh, Premier, and uh, good evening, everyone. Um, I want to start, start off by saying uh, thank you. Thank you again to all our first responders, uh, especially the firefighters who are working tirelessly to keep Albertans safe during these uh, very challenging times. Also want to thank everyone who has stepped forward to volunteer again to offer support to their uh, fellow Albertans um, and those who have been displaced by fires and are evacuated. Our, our thoughts and our prayers, of course, are, are with you and, and your families. Um, this really truly shows the Alberta spirit. So please continue to follow all directions uh, given at the local and provincial level by officials to ensure the safety of you, your families, and of course your community. The situation once again uh, truly goes to show the Alberta spirit. In times of need, we really rally together and we take care of each other. That's what Albertans do. Our top priority is ensuring public safety is the top priority of the government of Alberta. And today, a provincial state of emergency has been declared. Under the Emergency Management Act, declaring a state of emergency is a legal mechanism that provides the provincial government with a higher level of intergovernmental coordination, uh, access to emergency uh, discretionary funds, the ability to mobilize additional supports along with additional capabilities. 
This will put the government in a stronger position to respond to the needs as they arise in what is, um, of course, a rapidly changing situation. The Alberta Emergency Management Agency is coordinating with all impacted communities to provide support and, of course, guidance. And as the current situation continues to evolve, I have great confidence that Alberta is prepared to manage uh, whatever comes our way. We know that many Albertans are being impacted, and I want to remind uh, them that they are, um, that the supports, of course, are in place to assist you. If you are in an affected area, uh, please register at your local reception center, and staff will be able to help link you to the resources and assistance that you need. You can visit, of course, alberta.ca slash emergency to access information for evacuees and to learn about resources that are available or, of course, just call 310-4455. That's 310-4455. In the meantime, please continue to listen to all uh, local officials and obey any evacuation orders that you may receive. Uh, follow the Alberta Management uh, um, uh, Alert app and of course the website and your local municipality for evacuation information and uh, municipal, pardon me, and available services. Finally, I would like to just uh, reiterate to all Albertans, whether you are close to an area that is currently impacted or not, uh, it is immensely important to take steps necessary to prepare yourself in the event that you have to leave your home due to an emergency response. Uh, you can never be too prepared. I know I said that earlier, but I must stress that again. You can never be too prepared. And there are great resources on alberta.ca if you need an idea of what to get started with. Things like, of course, the 72 hours worth of food and water, critical documents, first aid kits, and of course, medications, and so on and so on. But please, everyone, I, I ask you to please stay safe out there. So thank you, and I'm now, now going to turn over to the Managing Director of the Alberta Emergency Management Agency for more uh, detailed updates. Thank you very much. Thank you, Minister. Uh, Premier, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for your attention today. Uh, as the Premier stated, we've moved from Level 3 to Level 4 here at the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre. Uh, this is a significant event, and we're remaining agile, poised to respond, to changes. Moving to level four triggers, as Minister mentioned, mandatory full government of Alberta coordination, which will further enhance our efforts. We're continuing to monitor the situation closely as we coordinate the response and resources needed to protect Albertans and their communities, and also to support those who have been adversely impacted by events over the past number of days. Please continue to keep these people in your thoughts. With respect to today's update, the situation continues to be very serious. Many communities remain affected by the fires, with more than over 24,000 Albertans now evacuated from their homes. Supports for these individuals are available, and evacuees should register at the reception center. It's identified for their community, so staff can quickly assist them and connect them with the resources they need. Should they still desire, as the Premier mentioned, they can register by themselves online at emergencyregistration.ab.ca. To find out where your local reception center is and to access the most up-to-date information on emergency procedures, visit emergencyalert.alberta.ca or, as Mr. Ellis just mentioned, please download the Alberta Emergency Alert app. Please continue to also monitor for alerts through television and radio. 
Albertans, we require assistance. Again, you'll hear that number often, but please, if you need anything, call 310-4455 for wildfire-related information. Evacuees with special needs who are unable to stay at an evacuation center can request emergency financial assistance to cover hotel accommodations. To do so, you need to visit an Alberta support center or call the Income Support Contact Center at 1-866-644-5135. I'll repeat that one just to make sure everybody got it. 1-866-644-5135. And I want to note that special needs could include having a disability, a medical condition, or other family needs or concerns. We're continuing to work with partners at all levels, um, all levels of government, sorry, federal, municipal, and of course provincial, to deliver emergency support as the, as the situation continues to evolve and change extremely rapidly, a, a very volatile situation. Please continue to listen to your local officials, obey any evacuation orders you may receive. Thank you, and I'd like now to turn over things to uh, my friend Christy from Alberta Wildfire for more information on the situation. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. I'll just uh, update on, on how the day has gone for us in wildfire. Uh, there's currently 392 wildfires burning uh, in the Forest Protection Area of Alberta, and 36 of those are out of control. Updating from this morning, more than 350,000 hectares have now burned since January 1st here in Alberta from wildfire. Um, that should tell you it has been an extremely challenging day for firefighters here. Uh, we were battling very strong winds, hot weather, and those winds um, produced extreme wildfire activity, which saw many of the wildfires on the landscape uh, grow or move uh, quite quickly today. But we are looking forward to uh, a brief reprieve, possibly in the next few days, as cooler weather comes up through the province. Um, that may give firefighters a chance to catch their breath, and we're um, happy to welcome um, additional firefighters today from Ontario and Quebec, as well as uh, air resources that will help us uh, dropping water on some of these wildfires from Quebec. Uh, we will also be leveraging our relationships with uh, agencies across Canada and in the U.S. to request more resources in the next few days. I do have one uh, report that I'd like to just touch on. We have heard that people are using recreational drones operating illegally within wildfire areas of operation. Uh, that can be incredibly dangerous for firefighters and for those pilots who are flying the area and can inhibit our ability to fight those fires. Uh, we're asking people who may fly recreational drones in the vicinity of a wildfire to stop immediately uh, and allow pilots and firefighters to do their jobs. Thank you. Okay. Um... We have no media in the room, so we will be going straight to the phone lines. Uh, we will be taking one question, one follow-up. Uh, please state who your question is directed to, just so the individuals on the phone lines are able to uh, know if they need to queue in. And uh, please try to keep your questions to wildfire-related questions only. So, moderate operator, could you please put forward the first caller? 
Josh Hall, RD News Now. Please go ahead. Hi there. Thanks for uh, taking my question and doing this uh, update tonight um, to all of you. I just wanted to preface this by saying that uh, I know a lot of people are doing a lot of hard work. Things are changing. And uh, so this question is not meant to poo-poo on anybody's work. Um, we totally understand that. Um, there's a situation uh, with some discrepancies on the dashboard and the wildfire website. Um, for example, last night, um, it was stated on the dashboard that, uh, for example, the fire that's near Nordeg was uh, 90 hectares. This morning it said 400, and now it's back to 80. Last night the uh, Ochis fire was listed as 12 hectares. Uh, today it's listed as uh, 51,000 on the map and 15,15,000 on the wildfires of note page. So um, I'm just wondering um, if there's any thoughts to or on just how uh, the right information is being made sure that it's the right information is getting out there to people and, and to media who are trying to uh, inform the public of just how serious um, these fires are or aren't. Josh, thanks. It's a great point. Uh, Stephen, did you want to take that one and see if you can get some clarity there? Um, thank you very much for that question. I, I know um, we have been asking people to check the wildfire status dashboard for the latest information, and I'm I'm um, impressed to say that many, many, many Albertans and those outside the province have been doing just that. Um, it's always a challenge in a fluid situation to keep updated information fresh and publicly available. Uh, the dashboard is directly linked to our system, so when information comes in, it's, it's out there right away because we want to be as transparent as possible with information. Of course, in a challenging wildfire situation, uh, information can change. Uh, fire sizes can be adjusted uh, from day to day um, based on a further assessment. Um, we have uh, people up in, in airplanes flying in very smoky conditions assessing the size and, and condition and, and location of wildfires, and those assessments may be adjusted um, based on what the conditions are at the time. Sometimes smoke can interfere on size estimation, but certainly uh, it's absolutely front of mind the importance of getting this information consistently and clearly out to the media and to the public in Alberta. Um, and uh, this is um, certainly something that we have uh, been working on very hard behind the scenes uh, because that consistency is of the utmost importance to us. So um, it's, it's a work in progress, but I can tell you that uh, we're very aware of how important it is to get it right. And Josh, do you have a follow-up question? Uh, thanks very much, and thanks for answering that. I appreciate it. I guess uh, just to the Premier, um, can you just speak about uh, the importance of um, having a co uh, cohesion across the province and even from the federal level in terms of getting help uh, to Alberta and making sure that this doesn't get even more out of hand? Yeah, I'm part of declaring a provincial state of emergency was exactly for that reason. 
We had already been embedding members of the Alberta Emergency Management Agency within the local command centers, but we were hearing from municipalities that because these fires are going cross-border and because their uh, services are getting tired and it's getting expensive that they needed the assistance of the province. So the Alberta um, Municip Urban Municipalities Association, as well as the Rural Municipalities Association, got in touch with our Minister of Municipal Affairs, Rebecca Schultz, today and uh, offered their encouragement for a provincial state of emergency. Uh, we, we had also informed the leader of the official opposition as well that we were doing this and uh, we're ensuring that uh, she remains uh, on, able to get regular updates. Uh, finally, we have um, Minister uh, Mike Ellis is in touch, regular touch with his counterpart in Ottawa, um, Bill Blair, who has is on standby, willing and able to offer anything that uh, we need. They're being, uh, they're being quite forthright and generous with that. I, I am uh, hoping to be able to schedule a call with the Prime Minister in the next day or so. And I'm building a list of things that we'll be able to ask for. I'll take them uh, seriously when they say that they're prepared to, to give help and we, we certainly wanna accept uh, that help. In addition, uh, we are uh, grateful to um, the uh, Mayor of Edmonton and the uh, Edmonton administration for providing on very short notice one of the evacuation centers at the Expo Center. So I think what you're seeing right now is that everybody wants to be focused on this. This is pretty unprecedented. The number of fires, as you noted from the update, has gone up dramatically from what we talked about this morning. And I don't know that I've ever seen 24,500 people across over 20 communities be evacuated at one time. So I think yeah, we're treating this with the with the, with the full gravity and attention that it deserves. And I'm grateful for all of the levels of government working together on this. Yes. So our provincial operations center is in direct contact with the federal operation uh, center as well. Um, they are absolutely liaising back and forth. And as the minister stated, I am in uh, direct contact with uh, Minister Bill Blair. Spoke to him actually a very short time ago. Um, and right now we're we're listening to those incident commanders that are on the ground. We're listening to the experts. And as they require additional resources, we are responding. Uh, as uh, stated in our earlier uh, press conference, I think that's why we have some more firefighters that are going to be starting uh, tomorrow as requested. And we're providing that to them. And I think we have some more coming uh, next week week as well. And I think it's important to know that uh, we do have an intergovernmental relationship uh, between all of the provinces. And regardless if it's British Columbia, Saskatchewan, all the way down east, regardless if there is a critical incident, whether it be fire or flood or whatever the case may be, there is already this relationship between all levels of government and all the provinces to make sure that we're sharing resources in, a, in the true uh, spirit of cooperation. Thank you. All right, we do have one question from the floor, so we're gonna go back in person, then we'll go back to the phone lines. Could you just state your name and outlet, please? I'm Darren from CTV News. I'm wondering whether it was appropriate to make a campaign appearance with a candidate today as the wildfire situation um, escalated. Uh, look, the, uh, the wildfire situation is my number one priority. I had some commitments that I, um, I kept today, but I'm heading to Edmonton tonight. And I'll be spending all day tomorrow assessing the situation on the ground. And as uh, if I need more time associated with that, I, I certainly will. But um, there, things escalated pretty quickly today. All right, we're gonna go back to the phones. Operator, could you please put through the next caller? The next question is from Atlanta Smith, Globe and Mail. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Uh, perhaps this one is for the Premier. You've said that the federal government is on standby to provide support, so I'm just wondering 
At what point will you accept that support from Ottawa? And can you explain why it hasn't been accepted or maybe necessary yet? Well, um, as Mike mentioned, we have the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Commission. That is a multi-level entity that includes the federal government, all of the provinces, um, in, in sharing and collaborating on resources. So we, we are working through that, that agency because there are, are obviously, when you look at the prairies, there are going to be other hot spots. And so we have to rely on the national agency to make sure that they're, um, they're allocating resources in a way that covers all of the most severe need. Uh, as you heard from uh, Christy, we're uh, also going to be accepting support from agencies in, uh, in the United States and the the, and, and I'll be I'll be asking the, uh, the the prime minister when I speak with him if there are any additional resources that can be freed up. We we know that we have uh, forest fire fighting. Um, expertise within our national parks. I know that they have to be on hand because they have to make sure that our parks are protected as well. That'll be one of my asks. I'll also ask if there is any uh, particular expertise within the military to be able to uh, send crews that can fight fires and do uh, major uh, reconstruction. The, the, that'll be the other major ask that I have. So the the, uh, the sense that I got from our, our Alberta Emergency Management Agency was that working through the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Commission has been sufficient, but I, I want to make sure that I understand what resources are available at the federal level. The, uh, the federal government will also need to be called upon to assist First Nations communities. Many, many of the uh, communities that are evacuated are First Nations. There's uh, um, If you've got structural damage and building damage, there's going to be issues associated with making sure that those homes get rebuilt. So I'll be uh, raising that with him as well, just to make sure that there aren't any gaps. And I'm collecting information. We had um, another meeting with our emergency uh, management cabinet committee just prior to coming here today. And I've asked all my ministers on that committee if they would also just forward me requests that I should be making of the of the federal government. So it's all underway, but um, if I need to, to escalate it, I'll have an opportunity to do that when I speak to the prime minister. Do you have a follow-up, Elena? I do, thank you. Uh, I don't know who this is for, but I'm just wondering if um, someone there might be able to provide an update on any known property damage, such as to homes or farms, and if any injuries have been reported. Stephen, did you want to take that one? Uh, I, I can uh, I, I can take a stab at it, uh, Premier. Uh, now that I, I, I know it seems to be a, a constant question coming back, uh, so the the... Damage assessment is problematic uh, for, for a number of reasons, but uh, uh, my colleague Christy mentioned that uh, overflight uh, of areas uh, is, uh, is doable, but visibility in, in some instances is next to nil. Uh, as an example, uh, we've had uh, overflights over Fox Lake yesterday, and it is impossible to actually have a detailed assessment of what the extent of the damages were, uh, understanding what I reported yesterday about the, the 20 homes, uh, the, the RCMP station, the general store, and, and maybe the water treatment plant. In, in the rest of the province, uh, we were, uh, were 10 uh, homes uh, unfortunately lost. Uh, that number could, could be growing. Uh, but because the people are not going back necessarily due to the evacuation orders and the uh, properties uh, are not accessible uh, and our focus is clearly on keeping the people that have evacuated supported with the services they need and enabling those evacuation orders, 
we, we haven't uh, done, uh, admittedly, a, a great job at populating that data point. But I, I don't assure your interest. So uh, I will launch the team on uh, on uh, on the best as best as we can do to, to provide you that data point. Uh, it is extremely important, and we're striking that balance there between keeping people alive and then providing you uh, the necessary data that you need for uh, to do your work. So uh, I'll commit to that. All right, operator, could you please put through the next caller? Next caller is Don Bray, Calgary Herald. Please go ahead. Uh, hello, Premier. Uh, thank you for taking my call in uh, obviously very difficult circumstances. Um, and this is just quasi-election-related. Uh, uh, the opposition leader, Rachel Notley, has suggested, uh, has said that she's pausing seven of her own campaigns in the area. And I wonder if the UCP is going to be doing the same. But perhaps more importantly, she also offered to join the cabinet committee um, to make her own experience available, which was obviously very considerable after the Clifford Murray fire in 2016. Uh, could you respond to those two points? Sure. sure. I, um, I will be uh, seeing the leader of the official opposition in the, in the coming days, and I'll, I'll look forward to getting her advice on how she would like to be able to, to feed into our process. The, um, the, the cabinet committee is going to, to be meeting with members of cabinet, but we have arranged for separate briefings for her and her team so that she is receiving the same information that we are. And I, you know, I welcome any feedback that, uh, that she would give as we, as we go through to make sure that information gaps are, don't, uh, don't develop and that we're able to address the needs as they emerge. So I, I thank her for the, op for the offer of that. Uh, as for our campaigns, I can tell you that uh, the, the candidates and uh, former MLAs that I have spoken with are uh, in, those, in those communities are, are doing work in the communities. They're showing up at the evacuation centers. They're reaching out to, to Mayors and Reeves. They're, they're doing important work in helping to, again, identify needs that, they, that can then be elevated to me and to our emergency management uh, cabinet committee. And so I, I want them to continue doing that work. There are two of our candidates who have uh, officially taken a step back from the campaign, and that's Todd Lowen in Central Peace Notley and Andrew Bochenko in uh, Drayton Valley, Devon. And do you have a follow-up, Don? Yes, is there any special circumstance with Mr. Lowen and the other uh, candidate uh, that require them to do that, or why would that be a little different from the others? Uh, well, with um, Andrew Bochenko, Dray Drayton Valley, of course, is one of the two large communities that have been evacuated, 7,200 people. And so I think he made a, a personal judgment that it would be best for him to be spending time figuring, um, trying to meet people at the evacuation center, as well as uh, trying to connect with local officials to be able to provide advice. And uh, Minister Lowen is, uh, as you can imagine, with uh, Forestry, Parks and Tourism, his ministry leads the firefighting effort at this time. So he's going to be very heavily engaged. In addition, he's from uh, an, an area that is, uh, that is that has a lot of fire activity. He was telling me today about a, a personal property that uh, that he owns, where you've got three fires that are converging at once, and when those fires hit together, that it ends up accelerating them. So he's got a, a number of reasons why he needs to take a step back from the campaign, and I support him in doing that. He's fully embedded in our emergency management cabinet committee and uh, providing re really important feedback and guidance as well as oversight um, on, uh, and, uh, and also playing that crucial role of, uh, of connecting resources and connecting information. Thank you. Operator, could you please put through the next caller? The next question is 
Green, Western Standard. Please go ahead. Good day, Premier. Uh, thank you for taking my question. Uh, when the fires uh, began, it appeared that they were uh, near a lot of oil towns. Um, are these fires being deliberately set? I don't think we can know. We, what we do know uh, from what I had heard earlier, and I'll get Christy to comment on this as well, is that the uh, the typical way that a natural fire occurs is through lightning storms. And so the presumption is that the vast majority of these fires are human caused. That can mean any number of things. It can mean um, off highway uh, vehicles. It can mean fire campfires. It can mean a cigarette out the window. It can mean carelessness. It can mean sparks. So there's all kinds of ways in which these, these fires can start. Um, Christy, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, that's correct, uh, Premier. Um, majority of uh, wildfires in Alberta, unfortunately, are caused by human activity. That doesn't mean they are all deliberately set. Uh, they are, um, the majority of them, um, inadvertently caused by recreational activity or, uh, or burning that goes out of control. So um, you're quite right in, in saying that uh, there's not necessarily a direct connection between a fire being human-caused and it being deliberately set. And do you have a follow-up, Arthur? I do. Uh, I just left the evacuation centre here in Edmonton, and uh, spirits are quite high. You know, um, dogs are being looked after, people are being fed, people are smiling, actually. Um, if Premier Smith could have one message uh, to these people at the evacuation centres, what would that message be? Well, we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they have the resources that they need. And we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that these fires get fought so they can return home. We're, we're working very hard on protecting communities because we know that as the communities are protected, it just makes it so much easier when the evacuation is over for them to return home and get life back to normal. And those are the things that, that we are 100% focused on right now. Operator, could you please put through the next caller? The next question is from Katarina Schultz, CBC Edmonton. Please go ahead. Hi there. Yeah, I'm just curious to hear about which communities right now are facing uh, the greatest threat of fire and are perhaps, you know, being watched as hotspots or, um, you know, could take a turn for the worst. Christy, did you want to take that one? Um, I, I certainly wouldn't want to speculate on, on what a fire is going to do. There's one, one thing in the time that I've learned here, it is that wildfire can be very unpredictable. Uh, we, are, we have been working with the, a strong wind going in a certain direction today, but that wind could change direction in the next few days and, and uh, change how exactly the, the fires are fought. Um, I'd like to correct my earlier number uh, off of the top. Uh, there are currently 110 wildfires oh. burning uh, in Alberta. Excuse me. That wouldn't have happened if I had the status dashboard in front of me, which I didn't. Um, but uh, of those, you know, 110 fires, uh, certainly um, they are not all out of control, but they are all fires that uh, our agency is is keeping an eye on. Um, we are we have uh, highly technical um, experts who are looking at fire behavior, who are able to to read those weather uh, forecasts and tell us uh, which areas are going to be hot spots. Uh, certainly, we have seen uh, a lot of activity particularly in that in that north central area unfortunately and and there are a lot of communities there and so obviously number one priority is going to be uh, wildfires that are threatening communities and um, that's where we're going to focus our our resources 
Thanks for that, Chrissy. I'd written down 392, so I'm glad that uh, it's only 110. Can you, can you just also tell us how many hectares, then, just so that we have the accurate information, 110 fires burning, and how many hectares? Uh, more than 350,000 hectares is correct. Thank you. Can you maybe give an update on the, the two large communities that are that are evacuated, Edson and, uh, and Drayton Valley, and the, the level of threat? Uh, yes, Premier. So the, the, the communities, uh, the larger communities that uh, were evacuated, well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll start in chronological order. Uh, Fox Lake actually was the first one to evacuate 3,600 people, uh, evacuated uh, in John Doerr, and then um, high level and Fort Vermillion is, uh, is with their whereabouts uh, in uh, three different reception centers. Uh, after that, uh, we would have the, the three communities in uh, Yellowhead and Parkland, so Entwistle, Evansburg, and Wildwood. Uh, approximately 1,700 folks that uh, unfortunately uh, created evacuation order rescinded because we thought we had it. Evacuation order uh, reissued, evacuated to Evansburg, uh, sorry, to Edson. Uh, only to be further evacuated west out of Edson as the, the fire was uh, threatening the town. Uh, without getting into Christie's world too, too much, uh, uh, that fire seems to be trending in, in the correct direction now uh, as far as uh, Edson is concerned, but this could change at any moment. Uh, so they, uh, they went to Hinton and Jasper, and some of them continued on uh, further, actually, uh, through the Esfield Parkway all the way back down to Calgary. Uh, but they're safe uh, and uh, sheltering uh, thanks to the, uh, well, the evacuation plans, but the emergency social plans and reception centers that were set up by those communities as per our plans, actually. And the last one uh, that, uh, that I'll talk about is the, the 7,200 people evacuated out of uh, Drayton Valley. So that, uh, that Brazo County fire uh, created uh, uh, a late evacuation at 2309 off the top of my head uh, two days ago. Every day uh, gets um, melded into the other one. Uh, and these individuals uh, overnight migrated to uh, the reception center that was uh, graciously offered by the city of Edmonton. Uh, opened in the middle of the night, actually, uh, after a late call, and uh, are sheltering there. Uh, last I heard, I think, uh, I want to say, well, I, I want to get the numbers right, but uh, 800 people uh, at uh, there, uh, something like close to, we're closing on 3,000 people registered, which is a good news. Uh, and uh, a number of pets, actually, if, if you don't know that, uh, we, we do have a program where people can, can bring their, their pets with them and uh, we'll provide shelter for, uh, for those animals who are extended members of the family or actually not even so extended for some. Thank you. And do you have a follow-up question? I do, yeah. I'm seeing reports uh, that some community members of Woodland Creek First, First Nation uh, maybe stuck in between Peace River and the Red Earth area uh, because fires are blocking both sides. I'm just curious uh, what's being done to help people in this situation uh, get out and get to safety. 
Is that Stephen or is that Christy who will take here. that one? Yes. Sorry, sorry, Premier. So uh, as I was walking down here, uh, th there is a, let's call it a, an evolving situation where communities are not necessarily threatened, but the fires are, are making it challenging to, to navigate and have access to, uh, to the highway system in, in the province. So we're evaluating, evaluating that uh, as we speak. The team is working on this. Uh, all, all I can say is that we are in constant communications with those communities. Uh, they have their, uh, their emergency management plans in place. Uh, and, and unfortunately, until we, we figure out if we need to evacuate them, should it get to it, and we, we would find the resources to do that, uh, they're perfectly uh, able to, to shelter in place for the time being. So they're not threatened. They're kind of cut out is uh, the way I would uh, depict the situation. All right, and we have time for one more set of questions. So, operator, could you please put through the last caller? Uh, the last uh, question is from uh, Francois Jolie, Radio Canada. Please go ahead. Oh, uh, hi. Take, thank you for taking my question. Um, maybe the uh, first question, I don't know who should take this, but we've heard from the town of Jasper uh, that they themselves fear uh, of losing power, among other things, and are asking to uh, people who are evacuating west through Jasper to actually go to Banff and, and then to Calgary. So is there a broader plan to move those people in a community that has more resources to, um, to welcome them, essentially? Stephen? Yes, it's, uh, it's accurate reporting. Uh, thanks, Premier. Um, the, I, don't, I don't know, I forget which fire, and, and Christy could clarify, but there's a, a number of fires. I think it's, it's one in Yellowhead County that is threatening the, 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 the power grid feeding Jasper town site. That's, uh, that's factual. Whether it, it's going to happen or not, I have no visibility on that. But, yes, contingencies are, are, are developed, and actually we're ready to, to do it now, but it, it is a, a long trek. Uh, but... Uh, Options are somewhat limited, I guess, given where, where if you look at the road network there. So uh, as people are, have already opted to do, they, they've actually exercised that option already. Uh, and uh, our social services are, are setting up shop in Calgary and will be ready to, uh, to deliver more services to folks who, who choose to, to go to Calgary to, uh, to receive the services available. Again, uh, we have, you have our websites, you have our phone numbers. If anybody is in trouble or doesn't know where to go, 310-4455 uh, is where you start. And, uh, again, please register uh, online if you haven't registered at a reception center so we can stay connected. Thank you. Stephen, if, um, is there, I know that, the, uh, the, that Edmonton is providing the Expo Center for evacuees. Is there, are you setting up a, a similar center in Calgary with this new information? It's, uh, it's in the process of, uh, of being discussed. Uh, the, the, the numbers haven't been signaled as, uh, as very large, uh, but yes, Premier, and, and we, can, uh, we can catch you up on, on the planning and on this uh, as soon as we can. Okay. And uh, do you have a follow-up question? Oh, yeah, and uh, for that last one, I'm wondering if Stephen can give us a, a bit of French on that. Um, just about the critical infrastructure, do you, have you guys heard anything from either Trans Mountain or CN Rail uh, since one or at least at least one of those fires is, is on top of the of the Highway 16 right now. So, is there any concern that these infrastructure might be impacted or or damaged? 
Stephen? I have, want me to go, Premier? No, I've, I've not heard anything, um, but have you? Yes, so uh, we haven't heard anything, but I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that statement. So we have uh, embedded in the Provincial Emergency Coordination Center representatives from uh, transport and economic corridors. So they're connected to, to, the, to, to the rail line industry, and nothing's been reported to me uh, of that nature. We also have uh, Alberta Energy Regulator folks uh, in the pack all the time, and same thing, uh, no uh, concerns or no uh, reports of uh, infrastructure being threatened or anything to that effect. Thanks. And Stephen, I, I think um, Radio Canada would like those two answers en français, if possible. Merci, Madame la Première Ministre. Ah, donc, en français, euh, nous avons des... Euh, je pourrais les appeler des officiers de liaison du ministère du Transport et des Corridors économiques et du régulateur euh, de l'énergie de l'Alberta. Si je me permets la traduction, euh, vous vérifierez euh, qu ce que, que, que le site web dit officiellement. Euh, mais ces deux agences étant représentées dans le centre de coordination euh, des, des urgences provinciales ici à Edmonton, Euh, sont en contact constant avec euh, avec les, les, les partenaires euh, de, de l'industrie. Donc, euh, vous, vous mentionnez euh, la compagnie ferroviaire CN. On n'a entendu absolument aucun rapport ou demande ou préoccupation en ce qui a trait à ce que vous avez mentionné plus tôt. Et la même chose pour ce qui est du secteur de l'énergie. Nous sommes en contact avec eux. Ils ont euh, ils ont beaucoup de ressources à leur, à leur disposition pour se protéger. Euh, mais euh, aucun rapport en ce qui a trait à avoir euh, besoin ou des craintes quelconques qui demanderaient euh, l'intervention gouvernementale, que ce soit provincial ou fédéral. Merci. All right, thanks everyone.